you'll join with me in today's scripture reading, we will be reading from five short passages. Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Isaiah 48, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. John 5:39. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Hebrews 4:12. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. 2 Timothy 3.16-17 All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the person of God may be complete, fully equipped for every good work. Good morning, my name is Brent, and I have the privilege of speaking to you today, and uh, which I hold with great sincerity. As it says in James 3, verses 1 to 2, let not many of you become teachers, because my fellow believers, for you know that we who teach shall be charged with greater strictness. For we all make many mistakes, and if anyone makes no mistakes in what he or she says, they are a perfect person, able to bridle the whole body also. Well, I am far from perfect, so let us please pray. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for watching over us. We thank you for always taking care of us and always promising to be with us. We thank you for bringing us into the sanctuary today or bringing us online. Pray, God, that you will let the words today just fall on our hearts. Thank you for this opportunity for me to share. I pray that you will speak through me. Let me fade into the background and let your words come forward. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, God. Give us ears to hear and hearts to listen. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. My prayer for you all today is that you'll be changed. You'll be changed such that you'll want to have a renewed desire to want to spend daily um, in the word of God. As Psalms 42, verses 1 to 2 says, As the tear pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you. O God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I meet God? Well, you can meet God every day. Um, if you're already in the habit of meeting God every day in the Bible, good for you. Keep it up tell a friend. And if you've been contemplating daily Bible reading, go with that feeling and start now. If you've never considered looking daily at the scriptures, well, I'd say, please do it. And if you've been a person who's been kind of on and off a little bit, well, it's time to get back on. We'll be looking at a few statements on what the Bible says about itself and then a final section about just go do it. So statements are things like the importance of knowing what the Word of God says, the dangers of not knowing the Word of God, admonishments to know the Word of God, and remedies for lack of knowing God, like read, memorize, and speak. And then a fifth section of how-to tips, which I hope, you know, one of those will kind of grab you and you'll say, okay, I can go with this. First, a quote that I love from uh, A.W. Tozer, who was an American minister, and he says, the Word of God, well understood and religiously obeyed, is the shortest route to spiritual perfection, and we must not select a few passages to the exclusion of others. Nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. That just lands so heavily on me. 
you know, the word of God, well understood and religiously obeyed, is the shortest route to spiritual perfection. And we must not select a few favorite passages to the exclusion of others. Nothing less than the whole Bible can make a whole Christian. An obvious pitfall for just taking a few choice verses is you're missing out on all that God has for you to teach me and both the difficult lessons and the easy ones. Um, recently, I was also listening to a pastor. Um, his name is Alistair Begg, and he's a pastor in, uh, outside of Cleveland, Ohio. And he was talking about preaching and hearing the word of God. And he said, the word of God is becoming increasingly rare. There is a sense of every generation, the people of God will be forced to identify this as a reoccurring feature. And he talks about traveling around the country and going to different worship services where, you know, they praise God, God is spoken of, but he says he's often struck that there's the absence of the public reading of scripture, of the Bible actually being present, being physically present, and being audibly proclaimed. I am very thankful that Regen is not like that. The Bible is present, and the Bible is proclaimed. He goes often to say that often the Bible is read, if it is read, it's read pretty casually, and people are increasingly divorced from the sense of having their own Bible. He says it's a peculiar privilege to have a Bible. It's not so long ago since the height of the Soviet Empire that Bibles were removed and banned and burned and had to be smuggled into places, and where to get a portion of the scripture meant a tremendous amount to many of our brothers and sisters. So to have a Bible is, a very, is an honor and a privilege. And it's actually only been since about 400 years or so when a pastor can actually say, please turn in your Bibles too, because prior to that, there was no printing press and people just didn't have their own Bibles. So um, we are going to have scriptures on the screen because we're going to be reading some scriptures together. But I encourage you, if you want to, you can use the Bible that's in your pew. Also, if you need to bring out your phone or maybe even use old-fashioned pen and paper, um, you can drop down some, uh, some of the scripture references for a later reflection. John Newton, who was the uh, one-time slave ship captain turned pastor and then author of Amazing Grace, I think might have been struck by this one Sunday as he looked out at his congregation and he said, I count it my honor and happiness that I preach to a free people who have the Bible in their hands. And lastly, from uh, J. Alec Moita, who was a pastor in Dublin, um, passed away 91, age 91, but he says, he asked, have we got a Bible in our hands and let us prize it, read it, and commit the precious truth to heart and mind. It is not an inalienable possession. It may not be ours forever. Is the Bible still preached in our church? I'd say yes, it is. Let us love to hear the word of God. Let us be urgent to bring others within earshot of it. It is not our guaranteed privilege. The voice of the preacher could be silenced, and the truth of God is our only defense against error. So um, we're gonna cover a lot of ground with just a little bit of reflection from me, or less than that. And so uh, I pray that the scriptures will speak to you. Um, receive the directness of the verses. Uh, another quote that I like about Alistair Begg, he says, the main things are the plain things, and the plain things are the main things. So let us hear the word of God. What's the importance of knowing the word of God? The importance of word, knowing the word of God in Psalm 37, 31. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If we could please read together Psalm 119, 97 to 100 from the English Standard Version. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation. I'm sorry. If we could read it aloud. I love to. Okay. If we could read it aloud. And oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies for it is ever with me. 
I have more understanding than all my teachers, for my testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. Isaiah 55, verses 10 to 11. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word go forth from out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish for what I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. Matthew 7, 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Matthew 13, 23. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 100, 60, or 30 times that was sown. I love the imagery here, and especially as today was the first day that our children were back. And when I think of that verse, I think about like our Sunday school teachers, our youth ministry staff, you know, and those little kids coming out. And our teachers are the multipliers. Our teachers are the multipliers. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. And John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. John 5, 39. You search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. John 6, verses 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are the spirit and life. And Romans chapter 10, verses 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. We really must align ourselves, pretty much arrange our situations and our schedules such that we can hear the word of Christ, like that you are here now. And hopefully you come every Sunday and that you'll do every day of your life. So if we could all please read together Romans chapter 15, 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Thank you. Ephesians 4, 11 through 14. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, that we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown about here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. And Hebrews 4.12, again, that was read for us. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even by dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And 2 Timothy 3.16-17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the person of God may be complete, fully equipped for every good work. And lastly, we could all read together, please. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 25. But the word of the Lord remains forever, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. Thank you. Now, what are some dangers of not knowing the word of God? Well, Jeremiah chapter 10, 23 tells us, I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself, that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Basically, Jeremiah is telling me, I don't have the answers. Psalm 119.11, I have thought much about your words and stored them in my heart 
so that they will hold me back from sin. So not thinking about God's word and thus not having them in your heart would not be able to hold you back from sin. Two verses from Galatians. Galatians 3.1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And 5.7. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? So the backstory on that one, the false teachers who had claimed that it was necessary to keep the law of Moses for salvation were confusing this new church that Paul had established. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. Knowing the word of God allows us to avoid a Genesis chapter 3 situation that Pastor Albert referred to last week. You know, he says in, in Genesis chapter 3, the, the serpent says to Eve, well, did God actually say that? And because I know my Bible, because you know your Bible, you can say, yes, God actually said that, or no, God didn't say that. 1 Timothy 3, verses 14 to 15. Although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing to you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. In the previous 13 verses here, Paul has just listed out the characteristics and behavior traits for the overseers and the deacons of the church. And of course, without these instructions, Timothy would not know how to educate the officers of the church. If you could, please read together with me 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 to 4, saying, For the time will come when men will not tolerate sound doctrine, but with itching ears they will gather around themselves teachers to suit their own desires. So they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So hearing the word and doing it go hand in hand. It makes no sense just not to. Just as we know that there is something wrong if someone sees their image in a mirror and then turns away and forgets what they look like. So, admonishments to knowing the word of God. This is Moses speaking to the Israelites. In Deuteronomy 8.3, he says, He made you go hungry, and then he gave you manna to eat, food that you and your ancestors had never eaten before. He did this to teach you that you must not depend on bread alone to sustain you, but on everything that the Lord says. Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord, and to do it and teach his statutes and rules in Israel. And we're bringing this one back for the second time this week because um, it's that good. So if you could read with me um, Psalm 19, uh, verses 7 to 11, saying, The law of the Lord is true, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making it wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commandments of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are sure, altogether righteous. They are precious than gold, more than much fine gold. They are sweeter than honey, more than honey on the comb. Thank you. Matthew chapter 4, verses 4 tells us, Man shall not live by bread alone 
but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Romans 10, 17 to 18. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. From Ephesians 6, 7. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And please let us read this, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 together, saying, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 14 to 15. To this he called to you through our gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught to us, either by spoken word or by our letter. And 1 Timothy 4.13, what we are doing today, until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. 2 Timothy 3.15. From infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And maybe you didn't start with your walk um, with God as a child, but I also believe this is about a spiritual infancy. Whatever age you came to know God, we all started with a very childlike faith and now able to grow wise by continuing to study God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Reprove rebuke, and encourage with every form of patient instruction. I like to think of this verse as being ready at all times, um, not necessarily being able to speak in front of a group or maybe more one-on-one -on -one in an elevator, um, just with people's interactions. And it's not about being able to recite the whole Bible, but it's maybe just a few choice verses that speak to you and about what God has done in your life. I often listen to a, a weekly radio program on the Bay Area Rescue Mission and they always have someone giving a testimony about how the mission has helped this person through homelessness. And always, 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 uh, the person, when they tell their story, they always speak of what their favorite verse is. So what is your favorite Bible verse? 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2, like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. 2 Peter 1, 3-8, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, Romans 22, verses 18 to 19. I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in the scroll. And if anyone takes away words, from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from them, that person, any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are also described in this scroll. So, what are some solutions for the lack of knowledge in the word of God? Well, listen for the verbs. There's a lot of action going on here. 
Job 23, verses 12 says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. That's quite a statement from Job, because if you know his story, he had a lot of things going against him, so more than his portion of food. Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 through 9. These are the commands, decrees, and the laws of the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing to the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children may fear the Lord your God as long as you shall live by keeping all the decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy a long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. And I'd appreciate if you could read with me these next verses and kind of watch for what we are to do and when we are to do it. So in verse 4, saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk on the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. For me, spending time in God's word gets no more direct than this. Deuteronomy 11:18. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as signs on your hands, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyelids. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Psalm 119, verses 9 to 11. How can I keep my way pure? by guiding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119:18. Open my eyes that I might behold the wonders of your law. Joshua 1:8, which we read earlier. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Proverbs 27, verses 17. As iron sharpens iron, no one person sharpens another. And in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up together meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. I reference you back to that passage from 2 Peter chapter 1, 3-8. Developing those characteristics does not happen in isolation, but in fellowship, service, and sometimes adversity with other believers, which brings me to mind uh, Elder Nathan's message a few months ago in the fall, which included very much meeting together. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verses 7. Think over for what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. 1 Peter 4, verses 11. If anyone speaks, he should speak as one conveying the words of God. If anyone serves, he should serve with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. 
to whom be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And if we could read this last one together, Revelations chapter 1, verse 3, saying, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. So, thank you. Developing a behavior starts with changing a habit. And a quick survey online says you can start a habit in as little as three days, but three weeks kind of seems to be more common. So, for those of you who like stories for reading the Bible, read Genesis and then read Exodus. And for those of you who like numbers, well, you can read numbers. <laughs> Start by memorizing. Memorizing, you have to read. Memorize alone with your spouse, with your significant other, your home group. Um, choose a passage that speaks to you today. Start small and aspire to be big. Uh, my wife and I, we recently watched uh, Denzel Washington's movie, The Book of Eli. And uh, in that movie, uh, Denzel Washington's character gets a near insurmountable task. And so I'm not going to ruin that movie for you, so you can find it on Netflix. But uh, word of warning, there are some scenes of violence in there. But I want you to also give yourself some credit for scripture you already know, like songs that are made up entirely of scripture. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Read the same verses every day for a week. Uh, when we had Pastor Nate here in August and through the Christmas season, he invited us during one of his sermons to read the Sermon on the Mount every day for a week. Um, I found that a very valuable investment of my time because regardless of what happened to me at work, when we read God's scripture, it remained the same. Um, if you've not read it, um, Matthew 5 through 7, it's a good place to start. If you haven't read it for a while, read it again. When my niece found out that I was going to be speaking to you today, she said, well, why don't you just read to them the Sermon on the Mount? Great. If you've never had one, um, a chronological Bible. I recently picked up the version of the chronological Bible a couple of years ago, and it has given me, with detail, just this great overview of, uh, of God's Word to us. Chronological Bible is basically um, a Bible that is ordered in sequence of the way these authors or these editors think that these, the events happened. And then they also put in the, the parts of Scripture when they think they were written. So, for example, um, you get to read right after um, King David confesses his sin against God for his actions with Bathsheba and against um, Uriah the Hittite, you read Psalms 32 and 51. Also, when you read the Gospels, are arranged such that you can read different accounts of the same event on the same day. Read a chapter of your favorite book of the Bible, one chapter a day, and then get to your second favorite book. Read that book, one chapter a day. If you don't have a favorite book of the Bible, ask a friend, and maybe you can read one chapter a day together. Um, do a chapter 3, verse 16 study. When I was younger, I, measured, I remembered or memorized you know, John 3.16. Maybe you did also. Well, actually, um, if you go through the various books of the Bible, there are some pretty significant verses. Chapter 3, verse 16. Now, there are going to be some that are totally out of context. So you're going to have to do a little reading before and a little reading after. But there are some verses that are absolutely standalone. And take some time to meditate on those verses. Um, so you can start with like Matthew, Luke, 1 Corinthians, 2 Timothy, 
Colossians we just read, and of course there's one in Revelations. Um, read Proverbs. There's only 31 chapters in Proverbs. You know, you could read through Proverbs, one chapter a day, be done in the month. Some of you have read Proverbs. There's more than enough advice and expressions in there to last one whole month for one chapter. But, you know, what we're trying to do is develop behavior and develop good patterns here. Uh, reading the Psalms. Uh, for some of you who have a longer attention span, you could read one psalm. There's 150 of them, one psalm every day for five months. Otherwise, if you're maybe a faster reader, you process a little faster, you can read psalms um, five a day for a month. And one reading plan that I saw is like on the first day of the month, you can start with Psalm 1, then 31, then 61, 91, 121. For the second day of the month, you know, Psalm 2, 32, 62, 92, 122. Um, so if you started today, which would be February 20th, it would be pretty easy, right? 20, 50, 80, 110, and 140. Now, I'm warning you, if you're going to try this uh, reading schedule, uh, when you get to the 29th day of the month, you might want to clear your schedule because there's going to be a lot of reading that day. Okay. There are a number of other easily searchable um, reading schedules and such like that, but we, uh, we just want to get reading. So read alone or with others. It's habit-forming. Um, we're trying to build good behaviors. So, if you could, please, please stand with me as we recite the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus' disciples asked him how to pray, he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to enter now into our time of communion. This is a a sacrament that we participate in every week at Regen, and it's really a, a, a visual reminder of a, a salvation that is by God's gift of Jesus Christ. It's not through our own works. Uh, it's through the blood and through the body of Christ. Uh, the purpose of communion is really to remind us that we stand in our relationship with God, not on the basis of how worthy or perfect we are, but on the basis of the worthiness of Jesus, of the Lamb of God. We remember that Jesus Christ is sufficient as an offering to bring you into the presence of God. Think about that. To bring you into the presence of the Holy of Holies, of the Eternal One, who is Lord over everything. And we also remember that He's sufficient for today, for what we face, for the challenges, for the the difficulties that we have in our lives. So let's look to Scripture. Uh, we've been talking about uh, taking the word in. Let's uh, look at John chapter 6, verses 53 to 58. It tells us, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks on my blood 
abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And then again, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. So let's drink the cup together. Father, we thank you that you are the word made flesh and that we can partake uh, of you uh, just as we partake of, of bread and of wine. Lord, that you invite us to abide in you, to abide in your word. Lord, allow us to be filled with joy and with gratitude because you are our redeemer, Lord, because of what you did on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice and for your sustaining life within us, even as uh, food sustains our bodies, Lord, you sustain us with your word and with your life. Pray these things in your name. Amen.